seeds, tackle box in my hand Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man But the wife, she just don't understand I love walleye, perch, trout and bass And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm fishing, ball bun in country Coming up today on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, the conversation continues with Henry Drews, the Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager on the State of the Fishery, and Christina Regas from the Bemidji Area Take a Kid Fishing Committee on a very cool thing they've got going on this year. It's coming up next on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Today we continue our conversation with Henry Drews, the Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager. We always take a look at the state of the fishery as we get ready for the fishing opener. Over the years when we've talked, we've had uh, some big things going on. We've had the Red Lake restoration many years ago. We've had the uh, Leech Lake restoration. We've had the northern um, uh, new regs that went into effect. Now we've had panfish. Anything big and exciting going on right now? Uh, Nothing at that scale, Kevin. I'd say the biggest thing hitting the ground, is, uh, as we discussed earlier, is all the new bluegill uh, regulations. I think that's the biggest thing hitting the ground heading into this season. You know, our efforts on Lake Sturgeon continue to uh, pay dividends. Um, tremendous uh, activity on the Rainy River this spring, and people are starting to take advantage of sturgeon uh, populations in the other lakes that we've we've reintroduced in the Red River Basin. So. There, there's really nothing big happening right now. It's been a busy 15, 18 years on all these things you just talked about. So we're gonna, we're not gonna say we're sitting back, but we're, we're watching to see how the northern pike regulations work as we go into year three here and year four uh, next year, and we're gonna see how these all these new bluegill regulations work. We're continuing to evaluate the northern pike special regulations that remain in place. So. Um, once you do these major efforts like we've been working on the last 15 years, you then spend the time evaluating and seeing how successful you were at that. So we're largely in evaluation mode on these, um, all these projects we've talked about, and um, that's where we're at. Nothing, nothing earth-shattering coming down the pipe. I do know that uh, I've talked to some musky guys in the past, and they're looking closely at the lakes that that require stocking like Lake Bemidji, that uh, population is getting pretty old. They're, they're monsters, but they're, they're getting up there. And I'm hearing that there's not a lot of uh, recruitment going on. Uh, is, that, is that accurate? Um, it varies by lake, but we are concerned about the recruitment in these lakes that have now been managed for, for 30 years, mm-hmm. stock populations for 30 years. We've taken about half of the lakes and switched the stocking regime on those lakes from an every other year to an annual stocking to see if we can um, improve recruitment on those lakes. Um, what we're seeing is is that, that when you protect fish completely, allow no harvest whatsoever of a fish like muskie, you move from a population with a lot of fish of a variety of sizes you know, to, to systems that are dominated by smaller numbers of very large individuals. Um, kind of an ultra-trophy system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's something when, when this, the legislature moved us to the 54-inch minimum size limit, you know, maybe we shouldn't have made that jump at that time. Maybe it should have stayed at 50, or maybe it should have stayed at 48 and allowed some harvest of those larger fish. So it isn't all, all inputs. It's how you're managing that population. Um, fisheries that, are, that are, are not harvested at all 
um, are characterized by lower overall numbers of fish but larger fish. Once you apply pressure and harvest and you have mortality working against them, then you see greater levels of recruitment, small and intermediate-sized fish. So in part, we, we've a bit created this situation, and we're not just simply going to be able to stock our way out of it. So that is something we're looking at, um, and we'll be. it's not going to be a short-term fix. It's going to probably be a 5- to 10-year solution as we move forward into how to increase overall abundance of muskies in our muskie-managed lakes and increase the size diversity. Okay. In our natural lakes like Cass, um, Ingwadona, uh, Little Boy Wabadoo, Leech, in those lakes that are managed with natural populations, we do not see um, those populations um, exist as uh, having only a handful of large fish. We see a greater size distribution of fish in those systems. But in the stock lakes is where we're seeing, you know, this kind of this apex predator where, where all you have is those really large fish on the end and not much in between. So I don't know if stocking's the answer. We're experimenting with changing how we stock. Um, I don't think stocking more is necessarily the answer. Um, it's going to take some thinking and some evaluation and research to sort this one out. Okay. Well, I know that you, you know you can't speak to all the efforts all over the state, but um, is there anything going on in the state, other parts of the state even, that that are a concern that everybody in the DNR is taking a look at right now, or are we in pretty good shape? You know, I, I think, you know, fish contaminants, that's something that's uh, still kind of a nagging legacy issue that's out there. Um, we've seen um, the PFAs, the, the, you know, those long-term legacy chemicals are now being talked about as potentially finding their way into, into fish, kind of like mercury did a long time ago, different mechanisms, but... Um, that's something that's kind of cutting-edge research that, that people are trying to figure out. You know, um, are they are they consumption issue? Do we need to limit consumption of fish based on, on those? Um, you know, we've had those issues here, you know, with the groundwater in Bemidji. Um, so so these things are, are kind of kind of a new boogeyman out there that we're trying to look at. Um, so, so that's one that I would put in that category. Um, and, of course, you know, the continuing um, march of invasive species, you know, uh, northward and westward from their points of origin. So so those are the things that are on the horizon or on the near on the doorstep that we're going to continue to have to work on. Henry Drews is the Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager. We'll have more with Henry before we wrap it up. But up next, we check in with Christina Regas of the Bemidji Area Take-A-Kid Fishing Committee and yeah, COVID's once again factoring in to take a kid fishing this year, but that doesn't mean they're not doing anything. In fact, they're doing something really cool. We'll get the details next. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. I'm Kev Jackson, joined now by Christina Regas, a committee member of the Bemidji Area Take a Kid Fishing event. Usually about this time of year, Christina, we're, we're getting ready to uh, for the event and we're reminding kids to get registered and, you know, if you want to be a guide, here's what you have to do. Um, but for a second straight year, we're not able to do that this year. Um, we're getting close, but, uh, but not quite yet. So uh, what's going on with Take a Kid Fishing? I know you're not staying idle. No, we're not. Our committee is still working on uh, ways to get kids out fishing. And as 
as sad as we are to tell the public this, we are not going to be holding our event uh, again this year for 2021. But we have a wonderful promotion that we are doing to get kids energized to still go fishing. And that's what I would love to talk about today. Okay, so... Uh, I know this. Uh, you sat down with uh, some of the bright and minds in the take a kid fishing world and came up with a really cool idea. Give us all the details. So it goes back to what we do um, every year when we have our events. Our wonderful volunteer guides um, will nominate a child for a lifetime fishing license, and sometimes we get lots of nominations. Sometimes we only get a few. But um, we give these away every year after our events, and we haven't been able to do that because we've been idle. So what we are offering to kids ages 10 to 15 is the opportunity to win a lifetime fishing license. And I'm not just saying one license. I'm saying every kid that would be ages 10, 11, 12, all the way up to 15 have the opportunity to win a lifetime fishing license. So the uh, 10 through 15-year-olds, there will be six licenses given away, one for each each age. That is correct. That is correct, Kev. And how the kids will be able to do this is we are asking those kids to write an essay. I know school's almost out, but, boy, this is a really great opportunity for them to pour their heart into something. We are asking them to write a minimum of a 500-word essay explaining to us why I would like to go fishing. And like I said, it's open for kids 10 to 15. Each one of them has the opportunity to live to receive one. And they have um, uh, quite a while to actually submit this so they can really put some, some brains and some nuts and bolts into it. Entries are due um, by 5 p.m. on June 9th, which is the day our event would have been this year. <laughs> so we're going to get this out to every school district for all of those kids that we would normally offer our event to. Okay, so if you're in a district that typically is part of the uh, Bemidji Area Take a Kid Fishing event, you can be involved in the essay contest. This is absolutely true, yep. Um, it will be on our website, on our social media it will be in um, the paper hopefully next weekend, and um, it will also be, like I stated earlier, on our website. Kids can mail their essays to our um, by mail, or they can send them online as well. There will be a couple of um, uh, sections for a consent form for their parents. Um, they'll have to notif- uh, let us know what school district they're from and what age group they are so we can... Uh, make sure they're in the right category. We don't want 10-year-olds competing against 15-year-olds. We want 10-year-olds competing against themselves. I'll tell you what, the a lifetime fishing license for a kid in between the ages of 10 and 15, that is a yep. great, great prize. It's a $469 value based on the current um, amounts from the DNR right now. So, wow. I, you know, why would you not want to put all your heart and soul into an essay for why I would like to go fishing. What do you have to lose? Yeah, absolutely nothing. And you have a lot to gain. And of course we know, I mean, I've interviewed enough kids. They've got ideas what they like about taking kid fishing. They'd like about fishing. They, they should not have any problem coming up with 500 words. I don't think so either. Nope. Um, 
Go ahead. I was going to say, okay, so give us the website address so people can go there and check it out. Okay, so it'll be online at our website at www.bemidgetkf.org. They can fill out the online form and upload a digital copy of their essay. PDF is preferred. Or they can mail their essay to Bemidji Area Take a Kid Fishing at P.O. Box 163, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. And uh, all entries must be postmarked and due by 5 p.m. on June 9th. And the rules and the um, uh, contestant entry form are available at, um, like I said, at that website. And the winners, winners are going to be announced on July 1. Okay, and I'm assuming that you'll have a committee of people who will read the essays and you'll vote on who you all think should be the winners. Absolutely. We um, will be taking our, our, our volunteers, our great committee members, and breaking them up into groups. So there will be um, a few volunteers per age group, depending upon how many essays we get in. And uh, we'll narrow them down, and we'll pick our favorites, and we'll announce the winners, like I stated, on July 1. Okay. Well, the, the deal is we, we just can't – we still aren't quite there yet when we, as far as getting lots of people together for groups. But there's no reason why mom and dad, grandpa and grandma, aunt, uncle can't take a kid fishing this summer, and they probably should. I would – we would love – love to know that those kids are still getting out and doing things at least we know that they're safe in their small groups but until you know kids under 16 can get vaccinated you know there's just too much risk and our organization focuses on fun and family and we want to make sure everybody's safe but still enjoying you know the great outdoors and what fishing brings to everybody and we will be back <laughs> we will be back. Our plan is to be back in 22, and we are also focusing some of our efforts on being able to provide the kids that have not been able to take part the last two years to come back one last time next year, even if they've aged out. So there will be more details to come on that. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of kids who are... You know, maybe, like you say, about 13 years old that uh, we're planning on a couple more years. And, yeah, if, you, if they don't give them another year, then they're, they're kind of out of luck. Yep, yep. We're really hoping for a huge, huge event the next the next time we can actually open the doors to everybody. I have a feeling when we are able to open the doors for anything, every event for the next year or two is going to be really, <laughs> really big. <laughs> yes, so all the more reason for everybody to stay safe for the next few more months right yes absolutely and, and you know i i mean i've uh, i've been around that event long enough and my kids went through that event and i just know how much the guides look forward to doing that event uh, so you know the kids aren't the only ones that have been, been disappointed the last two years that's exactly true i mean we came up with this essay contest predominantly because we could not find an alternative of holding our events our committee even worked really hard to figure out a way if we could do it virtually like a lot of the fishing contests are doing. But it's, it's just, if you think of the focus of who we help and who we offer the event to, the risk is just too high right now. So we would rather all of our, all of our participants just stay safe, and then when things are ready to allow for it, we will be back. 
And I think what I, I find very impressive about this whole effort is it just shows that the Bemidji Area Take a Kid Fishing group is really about finding ways to help kids fish. And, and in this case, you're going to find a way to help six kids fish for the rest of their lives. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, again, that's the uh, Why I Would Like to Go Fishing essay contest put on by the Bemidji Area Take a Kid Fishing uh, Organization. Six grand prizes, one for age 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15. And really, I think probably the easiest thing is to get to BemidjiTKF.org, BemidjiTKF.org, and and go from there. Yes, absolutely. It's a pretty easy form. The kids can even write their form first and then, um, you know, take a picture of it with their phone and then upload it right to the website if they want to. But... Um, we've tried to make it as easy as possible. Um, and if they don't want to do the online portion, if they don't have access to that, they can absolutely mail us the hard copy too. I don't care if it's a bunch of chicken scratching, just as long as we can read it. <laughs> okay. And, and again, uh, most of the schools will be getting it out to students as well? Yeah. And quick rundown of the, of the schools that I, I see on the list here, Bemidji, Black Duck, Kellyer, North Ome, Red Lake, Cass Lake, LaPorte, Bagley, and Clearbrook Convic. Clearbrook Convic areas, yep, yep, yep. All right, so watch we for those. We leave anybody out. We really do. I, I wouldn't even question it if it came from someplace else, but we just, wanna, we just want everybody to participate. We'd lo- I can't wait to read these essays. And again, you'll have time to think about it, kids, uh, because you, you have to have it in by 5 p.m. June 9th. July 1st will be the announced winners, and uh, we will definitely get you on the air to talk about that then. Yes. Perfect. I would love that. Thank you, Kev. You bet. Christina Regas, uh, Take a Kid Fishing Committee member, is uh, promoting the essay contest. And again, BemidjiTKF.org for all the details. Christina, thanks for taking the time and letting us know. Thank you, Kev. Love being online. Thank you so much. Go to the Paul Bunyan Country Facebook page. We have a post there about the event with a link to the Bemidji Take a Kid Fishing website so you can get registered and start working on the essay. You're listening to Fish and Palm Onion Country. Time to check back in one final time with Henry Drews, the Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager. Well, before we wrap it up, Henry, I know that uh, a couple of great DNR guys in our area retired a a while ago, Gary Barnard and and Doug Kingsley. Doug Kingsley headed up Park Rapids for a lot of years. Gary, who headed up Bemidji for a lot of years. And uh, with COVID, uh, everything kind of got on hold. So where are we in the process of finding the next area supervisors? Well, we have a large backlog of vacancies that we need to fill. Um, the, the governor had a hiring freeze in place and began you know, last uh, March, April. We've been able to fill a few positions, but key vacancies um, exist. Uh, Bemidji Park Rapids, also down in our Glenwood office, and, and there will be one coming up in, in Tower, Minnesota. We will be able to fill the Bemidji position on a permanent basis. Uh, Andy Thompson has done it. Uh, outstanding job filling the, the shoe the big big shoes left by Gary Barnard in the Bemidji area. Um, Andy's been acting for almost a year and a half now as the area supervisor. We will be having a, a new a person in that position on a permanent basis uh, late in May. Edie Evarts, who used to be in this region, will be coming back from, from Tower, Minnesota. I have not yet got approval to fill the Park Rapids position, so uh, folks may in that area may be uh, in contact with Caleb Shadlick, who is the acting area supervisor in Park Rapids, 
and uh, Caleb's been in that role for nine months now, and he's been doing a fantastic job there also. So I'd like to get some of these positions filled. It's a hole in our system, and I and um, it's going to have ultimately have an impact on what we can get done. Well, it's uh, good to have Edie back. I've talked to her a number of times over the years. Very sharp, uh, pretty enthusiastic about the outdoors, and uh, and of course, this is an area she she spent a lot of her career at. So uh, she, she'll be familiar with the waters, and no question. Yep, it'll be good to, good to have that fish, uh, position filled on a permanent basis and get the Bemidji area back up to full speed. Um, you know, our folks are so adaptable. Uh, and, you know, they've been rolling with it, and getting the work done with COVID protocols and driving in one person per vehicle and wearing masks and doing all the, the things that they need, need to do to be safe and get all the work done that's so important to our, our, our anglers in the, in the region. So, you know, my hat's off to our staff at all of our field stations. Um, they've done an exceptional job under a really odd circumstances, you know, the past um, past year plus, and um, and we're out of the gate getting a lot of work done this spring, and um, I think uh, anglers should be very proud uh, of the the staff and uh, their money, getting their money's worth out of our license dollars. Anything else uh, before we wrap it up today? No, I think that's it. I think there's something special about this opener, Kevin, and I, I think it uh, it has to do with us, you know, climbing out of the pandemic and and the optimism that we have uh, going forward. So I think the 21, 2021 opener is going to be special for a lot of folks and uh, and getting back together with larger groups and and, uh, and some of the traditions that we might have had to put on hold in 2020. Um, so that optimism, I share it. I look forward to it. And I think we're going to have a very fine fishing season in 2021. You know, as I was talking to the guides and, and the different people last year and, you know, by and large, you know, fishing Paul Bunyan country went on as normal. There were, like we said, more people than ever fishing. I thought to myself, you know, there's there's things we're able to do here. I mean, we can get out on a trail and ride a bike and see nobody and be safe that way. We can get out and, and do the fishing and all of those things. Um, how lucky are we, really, when you when you think about it? We're incredibly lucky. You know, I, I made a number of winter trips up to Red Lake this year, and, you know, it was so, so busy in December and January, all the wheelhouses up there, and families and kids and throwing Frisbees and playing football. I mean, there wasn't any high school sports. There wasn't any sports, period. And everybody, the whole family went fishing. And it was interesting, when I went up there in February, it was more what it normally looks like, you know, a bunch of guys out fishing, <laughs> not as many families, and not as many people, period, in February. Once the, once the sports opened up, you know, activity shifted. So I think that the, the lull we got to see from uh, COVID with youth activities in schools uh, not in session, you know, or, or being remote, meant a lot of people went out and did, did some outdoor activities, and... Uh, and hopefully that's a trend that continues, even though we're getting back more to normal circumstances. Yeah, I mean, I love sports. I love uh, all sports, and I think it's a great, great thing to have for kids. I just hope that those who experienced fishing and enjoyed that taste of fishing and hunting and other outdoor activities, I, I hope we can find uh, maybe a little healthier balance than there's been in the past. Oh, amen, brother. That That, that would be fantastic. Uh, in California, the Twins might be able to win the game, so we'd be inclined to take a portable radio out in the boat with us this spring. That'd be okay, too. Yeah, I'd, I'd like us to keep doing that, but it is pretty tough to listen to sometimes. <laughs> 
Well, Henry Drews, the Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager, uh, we always appreciate having you on the show and, and sharing your insight. Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to another great year. It's always a pleasure, Kevin, to see you on the water. Again, a reminder, if you don't want to miss anything and you want even more bonus content, you can always subscribe to the podcast at Podcast One. The Pod MN app, which gives you access to all kinds of great podcasts that are Minnesota-based or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also stay up to date with our shows and podcasts by liking Paul Bunyan Country on Facebook or following us on Twitter. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. As always, thanks for spending some time with us. When I'm F-I-S-H-I-I-N, Paul Bunyan Country.